croeso i podlediad Codelife Cymru. Diolch i chi am y minno a ni eto. Welcome to the Codelife Cymru podcast and thank you for joining us again. In this second season, we're trying to be topical, trying to look at the world as we see it, the stuff that is happening all around us and the challenges that we are all facing and asking two very simple questions. How can we be genuinely godly in this season? And how can we point our mates to Jesus when life feels so utterly hopeless? This month, we're focusing on leadership, the good, the bad, and quite frankly, the ugly. We will look at what is happening in the world and then look into the Bible for what it can look like. And ultimately, the hope that we all have in the one and only true leader, Jesus Christ, Yesi Greist. Bethli gadochini sharad arweinaziais. Let's talk leadership. Shamai John. Shamai John. Shamai Shamai. Sitihi, or sitoiti, I should say. Ah, Dwin Dwin Zadioch. Gan dweud hynny, fi'n teimlo y fachra bydd gen i ddechra anwyd. I think I've got a cold start in. Ac nid o fy mab yn yr ysgol, mae bol y tost gyda fe, ond rhaid y fi beidio y chwyn o. Beth am fan y ti? Ah, wel. Uh, dwi ddim yn siŵr um, dwi'n dweud yn well na ti. Um, dwi'n uh, brysia'r iawn wrth gwrs. Uh, <laughs> uh, dwi'n, dwi'n meddwl bod oh, dylai i'n dweud iawn neu brysia'r iawn. Um, dwi'n, dwi ddim yn lico um, pobl dweud brysia'r iawn um, ar hyn o bryd o all the time. Achos, um, oh, Sunion proud um, i bi, uh, i bresir. It sounds proud to be busy, uh, and that's not what I'm going for at all. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm. I've run out of Welsh now. Um, I'm good. <laughs> you are genuine. You are genuinely busy, though, aren't you? So yeah, genuinely um, busy. But it's it's not um, it's not that. Um, um, that comment that we all make sometimes, like somebody comes up to you and says, how are you doing? Mm. Oh, I'm fine. Or mm. if you feel like you need to justify the fact that you've just been um, um, lazy for a, for, a, for a wee while, you yeah. say, oh, I'm really, really busy. You're not in that yeah. place. You are actually genuinely got a lot of um, plates spinning at the moment. Um, yeah. You, so. Yeah, I have, but I can't really complain because life, life is generally good. Life, life is life but is more good. than that. God is always good. So, which that that's also another one that can be a bit of a cliche, can't it? It can be. My life but is sometimes... falling apart, but God is good. <laughs> ah, yeah, it might be a cliche, but sometimes it's quite a useful thing to remind ourselves of, isn't it? And encourage ourselves. That's weird, with. like um, good old David in the in the cave at Ziglag or after Ziglag, he had to go and encourage himself or strengthen himself in the Lord. And actually, sometimes we have to give ourselves a good talking to, even if it's cliches, perhaps that's what we need to tell ourselves in order to remind ourselves of truth as well. Oh, we got deep early. That's wisdom, that is. Oh, gosh. No, it is. It is wisdom because I think sometimes we can can drop into this kind of very negative 
mm. um, worldview, can't we? About even just about our own lives, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not in a tough moment. I've got a rubbish life. Well, no, you are actually in a tough moment. Your life is still good, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. But yeah, so um, so today we're talking um, uh, leadership. Um, Arwey Nadiaith, Anagam Raig, and um, probably really um, interested in this one, actually, because um, I think leadership is something we all struggle with a little bit, don't we, in terms of how are we as leaders and, uh, you know, and guys, what we're saying here, probably at this point, very early on is, um, if you have influence over a single person, so i.e., a family member, your children, people around you, you are a leader. We all lead in some way. So it's not this elevated leadership. It's just how can we be good leaders? And essentially, what does it, what makes it hard to lead? Because I think mm. it is hard to lead. I think it's particularly hard in, um, in this, this time. Um, mm. What do you think, John? About... Just about leadership, leadership, generally. Any initial thoughts? Yeah, um, I, yeah. I love what you said. No, no, yeah. I love what you said there about sort of. I think sometimes when we hear the phrase, "Oh, we're talking about leadership," um, some people will switch off automatically, thinking, "Oh, I'm not a leader." Some people will think or doubt, "Oh, I might have a leadership title or position, maybe in workplace. I might be a supervisor or a manager, but I don't really feel like I lead." Um, and others might be like, "Oh, yeah, this is for me." And and I think you're, you've hit the nail on the head there. Leadership is really about influence. I can't remember who actually first said that, but it's definitely a quote from somewhere. And I and I think whether that's influencing, yep, yeah, just maybe children or even influencing ourselves. We're all called to lead ourselves. Um, and again, just people we interact with, like regularly. There's an opportunity, isn't there? You know, at the supermarket, you could have influence over the person at the checkout in the school playground queue pickup. You could well have an element of influence over other parents in terms of just your conversations, your personality, your style. Um, So, yeah, I think leadership is quite a broad term. And so I think today, as we talk this through, whilst we're talking and thinking broad term for everyone, we may well be talking about those who had positions of leadership but actually I think there's something for all of us to learn regardless of what title or position we find ourselves with and in there, there's leadership responsibility, I would say on all of us as we follow Jesus. Yeah. And so I'm going to get the elephant out of the room here right away now. Okay. Cause <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know you'd let one in the room. Yeah, yeah. There's always an elephant around me. I tell you, um, <laughs> no, um, the fact is we're talking about leadership in, in this respect because um, we've got um, we're, we're living in a world where um, leadership is under fire at the moment, isn't it? And, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, we're, we're not going to make any judgments either way. But look what's happening with the UK government at the moment in terms of that leadership. And um, and I have to say, I, I watched um, I watched a plenary session. Do you like that? I've got even got the, I've got the the right terms here now as well. Um, get Diane. me uh, the plenary session at the Senes yesterday and saw um, uh, our uh, Preve Wayne Dog uh, First Minister Mark Drakeford um, absolutely lose it with um, the leader of the opposition Andrew R T Davis and 
And so you look at that and you think, actually, these guys are leaders. They're both leaders. They're big profile guys in in the country. And um, uh, and like literally, they're they're having a bit of a ding dong in uh, <laughs> in, in the session. And you just think. <laughs> You know what? Actually, how do we lead well? How how yep. you know? And and I'm not, you're not leading a nation, but we are we are trying to leave the world in a better place um, when we actually do leave than it is when we arrive. I I want the For world sure. to feel like there was a bit of a benefit having John Stockley in it. Um, I, I you know. You know, I'm not. I'm not looking for a massive gap after I've left. But if there is one, all the best. No, um, but uh, you know, it's like, yeah, it, this is a weird season we're in, isn't it? You know, um, yeah. and, and um, this morning before we, before I started work, I was reading on the, the BBC News app. They were asking who's in charge. Is it Liz Truss or is it Jeremy Hunt? And you think. Flipping heck, we are in a serious leadership void at the moment, whether without any judgment on any particular individual in it, just mm. culturally and globally, um, w- leadership's tough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leadership, leadership is tough. Um, we've quoted many times before, Spider-Man's uncle, with great power comes great responsibility, Indeed. which is true, but also comes great accountability, I think. Um, and sometimes the better leaders perhaps are those that allow themselves a greater level of accountability. Um, and I think it's easy to sometimes make leaders scapegoats or for leaders to make others scapegoats. And and that's no comment necessarily on, Mm -hmm. um, the recent tactics of sacking one's chancellor after 38 days. Um, I, I think it's, well, <laughs> you can't not talk about it. Yeah, um, I'm making no reference to the fact that a certain chancellor that we were re- yeah, yeah. We were really nameless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Lost my train of thought now. Sorry. I think the elephant. I think the elephant's back in the room. <laughs> um, I, I think the uh, yeah. I, I think you're right. There is this kind of questioning about leadership, questioning authority, um, and perhaps when you don't have the strongest of leader or a leader with the strongest character. And I don't mean just like a bully, but I mean a a depth of character, like a character you can rely upon, perhaps a leader of significant integrity that then causes some concern, doesn't it? Amongst people. Um, Is it the book of judges that talks about how before the judges came in, there weren't many leaders in Israel at that time. Mm. And so things were not good. Uh, that's a very bad paraphrase of the message version, which is a paraphrase of the Bible. Um, I can't believe but you get my you get my meaning, yeah? yeah when yeah. when there's when there isn't necessarily good leaders around, things things go wrong. Um, and I think there's an uncertainty in the UK government at the moment, which therefore breeds uncertainty in the people. Um, I don't know. That's maybe just a, a summary of yeah. That's, that's a yeah. So okay, how would we define? leadership then what what's the point of leadership well if it's positional leadership (laughs) hopefully the job you've got comes with the job description um but it's about yeah decision making it's about influence we've already said it's about leading people isn't it about fulfilling a vision so leading people into um into a preferred future uh when you're talking about vision um i think also there's there's an element of legacy to it and you made a comment earlier about when John Stockley leaves the world. I hope 
you know that there's there's a gap that's left. I wasn't sure whether you meant yourself or the elephant that's with you, but um, <laughs> that that idea that actually as a leader, it's not about building up your own legacy for you personally, but actually it's about building up that um, you've led people into that preferred future you hoped for, and the legacy you leave behind therefore is a better present for them than it could have been. Um, I don't mean present gift, though that surely works too. Uh, double meaning. You you kind of want to to leave things better than they were. You want to have achieved some of the things you've either yeah. set out to achieve, you've promised to achieve, um, that vision, that dream. Um, you've Well, I, this probably isn't going to be a popular view in cultural circumstances, but leadership is also about service, isn't it? It's about being servant-hearted. Mm-hmm. You're leading in order to serve people, to make things better for them, to provide for them, to, yeah. It's interesting you started, when I when I posed that question just a, a minute or so ago, you said, well, if we're talking about positional leadership, and uh, and, and yep. obviously uh, what happens is that a lot of us look at leadership in terms of a position, don't we? So if I, if I become the leader of, or if I become the, uh, the manager of or whatever yeah. or that you know then that gives me a position of leadership almost as if there's a kind of almost a, a status attached to that but Jesus does turn that on its on its head doesn't it because the reality is that to choose to be a leader in kingdom terms is to choose to put yourself in the most vulnerable place it's a it's a, mm. it's a choice to put yourself at the bottom of the pile, if you like, to push harder, to push heavier than everyone else, um, and actually to to be there to to inspire. And I love that fact of of, yep. of having to have vision. I mean, I think it's Proverbs, isn't it, that says where um, where there is no vision, uh, the people will perish. Um, yep. And there's one version, yeah, yeah. Um, I can never quite remember where that is, but that is definitely biblical. Um, it is, yeah. No, you're right. It is probably. And um, and and I think the the the, um, the fact is that um, it's interesting. I it just in, in in preparing for today, I, I looked at a couple of quotes. Um, I think they're really helpful. Um, the um, the late <laughs> the late great Ralph Waldo Emerson. I mean, he is actually. Uh, very very well known isn't he so uh, I mean, his name his name alone is phenomenal it's brilliant not, not it? it's not just got one good name all three names ralph waldo emerson yeah all, all you almost names. want to say where's waldo don't you but uh uh we'll move <laughs> on from there um he He's said do not yeah that's right yeah. uh do not follow where the path may lead go instead where there is no path and leave a trail hmm. yeah, um yeah. interesting i i think that's that's you know that that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you obviously, clearly, you want to lead a leave a path, a trail yeah. to somewhere. Um, so it's not just a case of there's no path over here. I'm just going to go and leave a trail, yeah. like to the edge yeah, of yeah. a cliff. Um, some people might say that some leaders have done that, but um, you know, I just think uh, it's about part of leadership is probably about not seeing the world in a way that everybody before you has seen it. Being yeah, able yeah. to look outside, have that vision of what could be, what might be, uh, what nece- not is not necessarily now, if that makes yeah. sense, you know. It, yeah, no, it does. And there's also that element of sort of trailblazing or pioneering to it as well, isn't it? That leadership um, is maybe a willingness to do something that people haven't done before, or do something in a new way, trying something different, trying something new. 
um, being cre- creative, innovative. Um, that's all part and parcel of the same thing, isn't it? Creating that new path that you've talked about there. What about this then? There are some who follow Jesus who are pioneers. Yeah. There are some who follow Jesus who are settlers. They just settle with what is mm. here right now. Mm. Um, are we all, when we follow Jesus, are we all called to be pioneers? Or is there is there room for for settlers? Now, I'm going to, can I put that into a bit of context, actually, that question? Because um, I'm thinking Matthew 28. Yeah. And the Great I thought Commission. you were thinking Great Commission. Yeah. Or Acts 1 8. Yeah. Um, we're all called to be part of the kingdom. And the kingdom, by very definite, not by definition, but by very explanation with which Jesus talks about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, same thing, um, is something that grows. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. something that expands, it's something that increases. And for something to grow and, and expand and increase, there needs to be, uh, it, it's a, a picture, isn't it, of something that's moving as well. It's not stable, stationary or re- reverting or regressing. Um, and so I think there is an element of pioneering that all followers of Jesus are called to, to have on them. We're all called to be witnesses, aren't we? We're all mm. called to to disciple and to share the gospel um and so we're all called to an element of yeah making making a path if you like making a trail whether that be just in friendships that no one else is making we may be the only f- christian friend that someone has uh, there's a fr- there's a quote isn't there we as a as a follower of jesus we may be the only bible that, that a non-christian ever reads mm. as in they're never going to pick up a paper bible but by our life by our demonstration of what jesus has done for us and in us and through us um, they get to see who, who Jesus is, hopefully. And so I think we're all called to have an element of pioneering there, um, being willing to go and make those friendships, go and make those connections, go and reveal Jesus in that way. But at the same time, I suppose there's an element of settling or following. And I don't mean settling, oh, this is it, this is it, this is how it is. I'm happy to settle with this. But actually being willing to to stick in for the long haul with a with a church community or with a, a job or a calling and being willing to, to, to settle there, put your stake in the ground and stay there and not leave until mm. the job is done. Um, I don't know. That's, that's perhaps how I would see it. Yeah. I think that's really quite helpful. And, uh, but I also think that the fact that there is always a pioneering element to the kingdom and certainly a pioneering element to the kingdom, this side of, of, of the, of eternity for want of a better phrase, yeah. means that we are all called to be uh, pioneers and therefore we're all called to be leaders. And, yes. and I want to just bring that back to what how we started this. This is not about a position of leadership that some are called to and some are not. We're all called to be leaders in the kingdom, aren't we? Now, Very one of the good. things we were talking about before we came online, John, was the idea that... Uh, we've heard a lot, haven't we, in the um, in the news of late about U-turns. And uh, <laughs> I was watching Sky the other day, and they literally their whole screen was a big uh, in big letters the U-turn budget, you know, and it's right, and it's yeah. being presented as a very very negative thing. Um, I read another quote 
by John Maxwell, because you can't do a leadership podcast without quoting John Maxwell, <laughs> apparently. It would so, be it would be definitely um yeah, impolite. Um <laughs> impolite. <laughs> it would yeah. Um so he said the pessimist complains about the wind, the optimist expects it to change, the leader adjusts his sails. I find that really interesting because actually if you if you believe what he's saying, if that's a if that's a good quote, yep. then changing your mind as a leader is all right, isn't it? Yes, interesting. So changing changing the sails because you've expected the wind to change or because the wind has changed or will change, did you say? Say that again. Yeah, he, so the leader adjusts the sails. So, yeah. so essentially what I hear from that is the wind, maybe you were expecting the wind to come in a certain direction, but it came in yep. another direction and yep. therefore you change your sails so that you can use the wind. But that yeah. will involve a change in direction. So... Without getting too political, but let's let's use the current political climate as an example to talk this one through. And what I say now, I say with with without any political persuasion attached to it. And this is neither pro nor anti current government, nor is it an expression of my own views in terms of which way I vote. I vote, but That's I, I one feel heck like heck of a disclaimer. Well, it is. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, but. When the mini when the mini budget was set out, that I'm assuming, and I would be hopeful, <laughs> that budget was set out based on the the vision that Liz Truss and her then Chancellor um, had for the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. they set that budget out. Then we saw the financial markets responding. I'm not an economist, but we saw the financial bu- bu- uh, markets uh, react to that budget rather negatively and so Liz Truss had to make a change um, and she adjusted her sales with the assistance of Jeremy Hunt her new chancellor she in her speeches and in the stuff I've read and I've been aware of since that appointment of Jeremy Hunt and that change of policy the U10 budget as you highlighted from Sky News is that she is still using the same phrase about trying to 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 you know stabilize the economy, build a prosperous UK, whatever the soundbite is she's using, she's still using the same soundbite. She's just saying to get there, we have to do it differently. So what she's what she's essentially saying is, I've I've not changed my mind in terms of where I want us to be. I've just changed how we're going to get there because the wind has changed. Do we think? I don't know. Do you, do you think I've waffled that through quite well, haven't I? You have um, actually, and it was a very good summary of I think what what the narrative, at very least, hmm. that we're hearing from yeah. the news. Um, I, I here's the thing for me. I I think um, uh, you know, and I don't, I don't want to over spiritualize everything, though. I I do think in the West here we are very good at compartmentalizing that that's over there is spiritual and this is not spiritual so i think everything is spiritual and i think um i think one of the things i've learned in my life is that when i make decisions and i my compass is god's word and what i believe and know to be true from god i have to make less u-turns very good and i think what we're paying for as a society right now 
it's not whether you think the Conservatives should be in power or Labour should be in power. Arguably, I think we would be in a mess anyway, either way. And the reason why I think that is that's not a political statement. Mm. It is a spiritual statement because when we yeah. do not have God as our true north, yeah. we can't make the decisions uh, uh, that, that we need to make. And I think there were moments in history where we as a country, I think, um, uh, didn't have disasters that possibly were almost on a human level looking um, um, inevitable. And the yeah. reason was because we, uh, we, 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 we referenced God. We might have had a national day of prayer or we may have done this or that or the other, but, but God was in the mix. Mm. And I, I think when you take God out of your social out of society when yep. you compartmentalize life so that over there is spiritual but this isn't yep. then i think you're in a situation where you are destined to u-turn yeah okay yeah yeah interesting interesting i think we um i think we talked before we came online didn't we about u-turns stick with that for a second and how it's it seems to always be portrayed as a negative thing in the media in terms of political stuff, mm -hmm. <laughs> the political sphere. Um, and it's very easy to listen to the news cycle and jump on that bandwagon and, and pick up that rhetoric and be like, yeah, yeah, U-turns are bad. But, but you and I were both saying beforehand, actually, when, when has, when has it ever been wrong or when should we ever criticize someone for coming along and saying, I got it wrong. I, I made a mistake. I need to change my mind or I've got new information I didn't have before. And so now I need to respond to that new information and do something different. Surely a, a willingness to hold one's hands up and make a decision to change is to be commended more than regardless of what's happening around you being so <laughs> uh, forcefully committed to it that, the, the loss is greater than the gain. Um, yeah, I, me. I do get you. Um, and I think my response to that was uh, that uh, as a married man, if I hadn't been willing <laughs> at some point in my marriage over the last mm. 18 years, 18 plus years, to change direction or to back mm. down on certain things, I would no longer be married right now. So clearly mm. it is part of life, isn't it, that we have to... We have to see see that there are moments when we have to make a U-turn. But surely that U-turn, and, and that's not negative to do that. If you're going in a wrong direction, you know, I drive all over Wales. If I'm on the wrong road, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to get back to the right road uh, because that's stupid if I just carry on on the wrong road. I don't want to end up in hereford when i should be in haverford west that's blatantly <laughs> obvious isn't it yeah so there comes yeah, yeah. a point where you have to turn around now me turning off the road to hereford and back onto the road to haverford west is not a negative thing it's a sensible thing for me yeah. to do but surely uh that is so the point is that um making a u-turn is only not a negative thing when we're in the wrong place. In we're in the wrong place, and what I'm saying, yes. Yes. I think what my argument is that we want to develop a 
um, a sensitivity to God and to His mm. and to the Holy Spirit as Praglan, yeah. and we are looking to hear His voice in the everyday through His Word, so that we're on the right road. Anyway, but we are broken vessels. We're living in a broken world, and it is all but impossible yeah. to hear that with that kind of crystal clarity all the time. So we do make mistakes. And when we make mistakes, we take what I would say is the godly decision to make, to, to turn mm. back and come back yep. to the right place. To, t- to turn back to God. That's the best U-turn ever, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're right. We're not going to call U-turns, every U-turn a negative. Uh, yeah. If it's, if you turn back to a better place, that's a very, very good thing to do. Um, but you've got to be turned there in the first place, I suppose, to turn back, haven't you? But that's interesting. That's a but, good point. Yeah. But all through Scripture, we hear that phrase, don't we? The prophets would often use that phrase, "turn back to God." Yeah. Um, repentance isn't there something within the theme of repentance about turning away from sin, turning back to God? Yeah. And you mentioned judges earlier, didn't mm. you? And in Judges, what's the refrain throughout Judges? And the people did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah, that means that yeah. they had to do multiple U turns. They had to yes. they had to choose to come back and do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. So, yeah, I, I think I would agree with you. Not every U turn is a negative, but why live in a place where you have to keep on doing them? It, that's that would be yeah. my my question on on the back yeah. of that. And I think that comes back to that point we started with, didn't it? That you you quite rightly highlighted that as far as we know, none of our current political leaders or leaders of political parties um, express or demonstrate a faith in Jesus and therefore a following of of God and the Holy Spirit. And so there's going to be something lacking, something amiss. Um, And we don't have to go too far through biblical history to see that play out do we no. in amongst god's people in, in the old testament that whenever well you know bad kings were really bad <laughs> um uh those that weren't following the way of god or following his his word of you as you've already said john did a pretty terrible job yeah absolutely and i do feel uh, you know i do feel feel very much my heart goes out to the people who are in the world of politics and i know that they are mm. christians Mm. And they're in uh, they're in parties where they don't have the the right nor the ability, he says, uh, kind of very cautiously, um, mm. to make their own decisions. That, mm. that there's a, there's such things as a party whip, isn't there, and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. And sure. that must make it really hard to be a Christian in those you know where you kind of want to. Um, uh, to make the decisions based purely on what you think God is saying yeah. in that moment. I think probably if I was in that situation, I would be without the whip far more often than I would be with it. If that makes <laughs> Yeah, you know, it sense. does. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. but moving, moving beyond that now, um, I, I want to pick up on something you spoke about earlier um, before we came online mm. um, or on air, should I say, um, you mentioned about uh, a culture in sport, didn't yeah. you? With referees, do you want to just share what you're thinking is there? Yeah, well, just when we were thinking about chatting through leadership and the current sort of cultural um, and topical stuff that's happening there, it's not just in politics. So, this last week, especially the in football, the um, descent towards referees 
um, has reared its head again. It's never gone away. The problem's never been resolved. Um, and uh, there was one specific incident that caught my attention in the news, which was um, Jurgen Klopp, manager of um, Liverpool, who earned himself a red card for his um, descent towards the referee in the, their game with Manchester City. Um, you know, disappointment with a foul not being called a foul, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think it was with the linesman. Um, but yeah, it's just an interesting one, and I think his so he got sent off for his um, the way he dealt with that mm-hmm. and then his post-match interview comments um apologized for the way he'd responded but didn't apologize for his view as it were as in he was adamant that he was in the right or he, you know the point still stood but actually as a leader Jurgen Klopp obviously he's the manager head coach he leads that team so therefore he's got influence over his players and staff but he's also, uh, I would say, a leader in culture as well mm. and society. And so people across the UK that have any respect for him and for Liverpool, even if you're not a Liverpool fan, you still could be swayed by him. And we know that kids will always emulate their favourite footballers or whoever they're idolising. And so kids and parents alike will be imitating that behaviour of Jurgen Klopp towards referees and match officials on Sunday morning, you know, kids junior league matches and what I think is really interesting is that weekend in Liverpool um, I did a bit more reading you see uh, in Liverpool that weekend there was a number of um, grassroots games that didn't go ahead because the match officials they weren't on strike but they as a protest to the ongoing dissent and the ongoing way they're treated said they wouldn't staff any matches that weekend but it raises two interesting points doesn't it without a referee you or match fish, you don't get a match, so they're essential to the game. Mm-hmm. But secondly, whilst in the the area of Liverpool, whichever particular it was, <laughs> it was that area of Liverpool that was no matches were able to take place because the referees were trying to make a stand. Simultaneously, the manager of Liverpool Football Club is being sent off for his descent towards a referee. Um, it's terribly poetically ironic and quite sad. All that to say is, I think those in leadership carry a greater responsibility and a greater need for uh, composure perhaps and um, behaving in a different way because people will imitate, people will follow, people will mimic that. And um, I think whether Jurgen Klopp realises it or not, he, he's he's a leader in both position, but also I would say he's a leader in terms of his influence over society as well. Um, yes. Um that's really interesting, um, and it's really interesting because um, I um, I'm a really um, um, opinionated person. <laughs> I am. I tell you what, I am. My I, I can see my wife, her eyes roll, and she gets up and goes to another part of the house. At times, you know, it's like. Um, and there are things, and I'm also, I, I'm also a, I have been since a very young age. I have a heightened sensitivity to justice. If I think something is wrong, it can really, really anger me. And there are times when I want to go online on on social media, and I would love to vent, but mm. actually, it's not a good idea. No good ever comes of it, and. Mm. There has to yeah. be a way in which you can you can. It's, I don't think it's right that we don't we don't call out things. I think 
Klopp has every right. If it, if if an injustice has happened in that game, he has every right to call it out. But there's a way that we do it as leaders, isn't there? There's a way that mm. that shows respect for yeah. people we don't agree with, mm. and it's really yeah. hard. You know, I I look at it and I I think I I see. Um, I, I see some leaders and it looks like they're really hurting others. They're hurting people who they should be caring for. Yeah. And it, you want to go, you want to go public and really call it out because you just think this cannot be right. Mm -hmm. But um, there are, there are ways to deal with it. There are, there are respectful ways to deal with mm -hmm. it. There are effective ways to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I just haven't worked all of those out in fairness. So yeah. it's kind of like, I'd love to, be able to do this better, but I strut yeah. this an arena that I struggle with. Um, I have to say, you know, yeah. Um, and and that's particularly for me. I love sport. Mm. Big rugby fan, and uh, you know, um, and I um, I don't like it when I see my my team um, get the the rough side of of the refs justice, especially if I don't feel it's you know. But yep. that's one thing. But also, I think just you know, um, I've I've got to be honest. I call I will ex I, I I'll say this very respectfully. I I'm angry about where I see the vulnerable in society going over the next six to twelve months here in the UK. Yep, yep. I'm angry about that. I I really you know, and and I I I want to call it out. But I have political preferences and I have political persuasions that 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 I think are right. And the yeah. problem is that if I call it out like that, all I'm doing is I, I'm, I'm, I'm adding, if I'm not careful, I'm adding to the toxicity rather than calling out, mm. you know, so there are ways aren't there to do it. And, and we just have to, there... we have to look to God for the godly ways. So Jesus walks into the temple and he overturns the tables. That's effectively yeah. what we're talking about here, isn't it? How do we do it <laughs> in that? How do we do it yeah. in the way that Jesus did it? Yes, yes. I think there's the constructive calling out, isn't there? That Jesus would um, sort of call out the Pharisees for what they were, um, hypocrites, whitewashed tombs, but he wouldn't do it in a way that was just doing it for the sake of it. It was using it for a teaching moment. It was using it to set out his own kingdom manifesto if you like is, is is trying to do it in a way which actually empowers those who are being ill-treated by um the the power um structures of the day and i think he was doing it what why out of yes love care compassion for the vulnerable love care compassion for those who would ordinarily be forgotten um and i think when you end up with these situations where it's um people calling out leaders or leaders calling out decisions they don't like or circumstances they don't like amongst all of that there is still vulnerable hurting scared fearful people that need caring for that need shepherding um and that's that's where jesus comes in isn't it that's the whole point isn't it jesus is for shepherding and loving people and yeah leading people well i think i think at the heart of even at the heart of his anger is a strong sense of advocacy. Hmm. And well, I yeah, that that specific incident was about um preventing um or the the, the tables um and the um weights and measures that were being used. It was about 
defrauding people, wasn't it? Out of money, out of their sacrifices. It was creating an extra barrier for them to be able to access the temple and God's presence and place of worship. And so it was about Jesus trying to say, hang on a minute, you're you're creating a barrier where there doesn't need to be one. You're taking advantage of people when they're coming here to to meet with my father to worship. Um get out of here i mean there's a lot more complication to it than that mm. if you look at the, the history of the area specifically of the temple they're in but i think that's what it was about it's about jesus trying to create not a level just a level playing field but trying to create remove a system that was specifically reducing or working against <laughs> those that needed god most yeah um, and on that basis, I would say it's not actually wrong for us to get involved in that stuff. It's not wrong for us to have opinions. It's not wrong for us to advocate. It's not wrong for us to call out mm-hmm. injustice. Mm-hmm. We can do all of that, and we should do all of that. Yep. But we have to do it in a way that keeps the gospel, the hope of Jesus Christ, yeah. as our primary focus. Yeah. Um, and, and that means that that we we don't go on our own personal soapbox as it yeah. would be very easy for me to do i think it'd be many, easy for all of us to yeah, do yeah. wouldn't it and again it then loses sight of the the purpose of it jesus didn't say to to love and to um, serve the poor to give to protect widows and orphans so that we feel better about ourselves or so that people think we're doing a, a good thing or talk about it he said just get on and do it like and he himself showed that example didn't he that servant leadership example um that's why there's no leadership example in an earthly sense or in a human sense that will ever compare with the example that Jesus laid before us. No, absolutely. Um, I want to read that quote that I've read before because uh, I'm, I'm just very conscious of time now. And I think we've covered a lot in this, haven't we? And, we have. um, and, and guys, uh, as you've listened to this, um i i hope you're inspired to to know that we actually do make a difference Uh, every one of us makes a difference we are all leaders in our own world our own sphere of influence Uh, and it's what we do with that that really counts we want to be good leaders and we want to be like jesus keeping the gospel at the heart of everything that we do this is all about leading our mates to jesus it's all about advocating for those who have no voice treating all of men and women as our brothers and sisters and uh, standing against the abuse of power you know you literally uh, if you want to study more detail all of that stuff grab yourself a copy of the code do the code bible studies all of that stuff we call this the code life Cymru podcast because that's where we want to be um but what does it actually end up looking like if we are a good leader Well, I think it looks like this. He lived and led with wisdom, vulnerability and courage. He shaped the world for good and left a lasting legacy. He loved well and loved deeply from a sincere heart and he finished strong. Can I just say one of the greatest leaders ever in the world of rugby was a guy called Richie McCaw. If you know rugby, you know that he was captain of the All Blacks, most yep. decorated player ever in a game of rugby. I mean, he's he won everything that he ever competed in. And uh, when he came off the field with the with the All Blacks or with his his club side, go back into the sheds, into the um, 
the changing rooms, get himself into a corner, and he'd open up his journal, that's win, lose, or draw, and he'd turn it to a blank page, and he'd write two words at the top of it, start again. Mm. Guys, and I'm saying this as much to myself as I am to you, we need to open our journal again now. After this, turn it to a blank play page and just write those two words. Start again. Anything else you want to say, John? How do you follow that? No, that's that's bang on, isn't it? What an opportunity and an invitation we have. And I think not just from um, Richie McGall, but we get it from Jesus as well, don't we? That when we turn back to him, when we come to him, there's an opportunity to start again. Well, I, I do... I do often think that actually when, when we talk, we bring Jesus into that equation, he turns to a blank page for us, doesn't he? And he writes it in blood, start again. Mm. So, you know, Jesus wow. has done everything yeah. for us, hasn't he? Oh, diochen vaurichi, John. Thank you so much for uh, for this conversation. Hope it's helpful. It's been super helpful for me. Um, what about you? Yeah, yeah. avi. Uh, Ati, Hedi, I've really enjoyed um, talking with you today, talking through this uh, subject and hopefully it's been helpful for others. But yes, it it definitely gives me a lot to to ponder, but also it it still fills me with hope that Jesus is the best (laughs) example and the best leader we've got. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, That old hymn says, uh, says, I'm going to paraphrase it now because I can't remember the exact words. It's just come to my head now. You know, on, on Christ the rock I stand all all ground around is sinking sand and that's how it feels doesn't it today it just feels yeah, yeah. like the, the, the ground around us is all sinking sand and jesus calls us to yeah. be leaders as men to be leaders at home in the workplace in our communities wherever we go and actually we stand on him he's the rock yeah. that we stand on um very good great well have a great month uh john We'll be look, looking forward to uh, catching up with you again yeah. next month and to all you guys out there um, please do shout out to us on Twitter, on Facebook, um, soyva at cvm.cymru or wales at cvm.org.uk, both email addresses. Do get in touch with us. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Have a great month. Well, guys, that's it for this month. Thank you for listening to the Code Life Cymru podcast. We really do appreciate all the support that you give us. And it's fair to say that we couldn't do any of this without you. So please do remember to head across to our YouTube channel and subscribe to it if you haven't done so already. And please, please do consider visiting cvm.org.uk forward slash donate to support us financially. Every penny raised in Wales is used here in Wales to spread the gospel. Thank you very much. Diochen Vaur Yaun.